You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of uh, a, a volume, Collected Works, Volume 266, Volume 3, uh, The Esoteric Lessons from 1913 to 1923 by Rudolf Steiner. This is se- Section 9. I've been reading them in sections of pages. This section 9 goes from page 364 to page 404, and there's one more section after this to finish the book. Translated by Marshall Post. Rudolf Steiner's words from the various preparatory discussions for the founding of the group. Referencing page 15. This presentation of the further events leading to the founding of the community is a compilation of Dr. Steiner's statements in reference to the question concerning the forming of an esoteric community that was sent to him ahead of time, beginning with the first meeting dedicated to handling this question. At this meeting, according to his instructions, first the question was expressed by each participant. The form in which these expressions are given here correspond to the notes of one or another friend who either took notes as Dr. Steiner spoke or who wrote them down later out of memory. Though they may be incomplete and not what he said word for word because of this, they do contain all the essentials and give a clear picture of the manner in which he led us through the preparatory work. With this, page 16, guidance, he wanted to help us become as clear as possible in our active thinking about what we were striving for. Thereby also were stripped away many illusions we had about the coming times and the task we had to fulfill. It was a time of cares and pain, even after the settling of the argument with the others, yet also a time of joy and the good fortune of having been given a gift that we experienced through this. At the first meeting that, according to Dr. Steiner's instruction, took place with all the participants, he himself spoke very little. After a few of us tried to describe what we saw as the nature and task of a community for which we were striving, he said, quote, I would like to say up front that I would be very glad to hear from various sides how you imagine that your community, which is to come into being, is to be held together, how it shall work and what unity will actually mean for you. Do not misunderstand me. Naturally, out of what is intended here can develop only what is well grounded in the cause. However, it will be a matter of people from the various sides sharing what they imagine shall develop here, so that we can see to what extent a totally free personal will exists, and not merely an imagined free will. You can, of course, work together in the most varied ways, in the sense of the general goals that are discussed here during our common campaign. However, several of you have more specific goals, or I will say that you intend to attain the common goal in a specific way. I must hear absolutely, from the various sides, what is wanted, before it will be possible to frame objectively 
what you yourselves imagine that you want. One can join such a cause only as a completely free human being. For this reason I ask that you use this time to discuss everything in a frank, free, and unperturbed manner. At the same time, however, take into account what needs to be considered in order to come to a free decision. The rest I shall then say after everything has been discussed from the various sides. Close quote. As in the second meeting, the discussion came to a standstill, because a significant part of the assembly was in pronounced opposition, or at least did not understand the issue at all. And Dr. Steiner said, quote, A number of you know quite energetically what you want. Another part does not yet know. A group is supposed to be formed. The scope and nature of the group is not yet determined. Those who want to do something in a specific sense, represented in Mr. Rath's statements, October 3rd, in the evening before Rudolf Steiner's first lecture, want to form a group that contains a real spiritual substance within it, making it into a bearer of a spiritual reality. That gives the group an esoteric character although I ask you not to misuse this word. People imagine all kinds of things with the term, quote, esoteric group, close quote. I do not mean you, but others do. It is a matter of what one wants. What it is called does not matter much. If I am to go into what I understand with the term esoteric group, then let me say that if you want to take the esoteric earnestly, you must say to yourself that it is an action out of the impulses from the spiritual world. One can strive toward this. Anthroposophy is a path to this end. To build such a community would constitute a decision to set out upon this path. This would then lead to various measures which are suited to lead to this goal. When you speak about spiritual content, you must be aware that it has to do with something living. The spiritual is a living element, and so such a group must not be something dead. In other words, the group must be a force group. It then has the characteristic, page 17, of being alive. Then there comes out all kinds of things that are analogous with an organism. The health of each part is the health of the whole, this is true also with illness. The little finger suffers when something in the small toe is not in order. If you want a real community, then you must want that the whole is just as influenced by the individual as the individual is by the whole. It is a mutual taking on of karma that is created in such a community. There is then mutual suffering to live through, but also mutual joys. Parenthesis, Rudolf Steiner stressed this strongly with a warm voice. Close parenthesis. Continue quote of Dr. Steiner. Such a thing then requires that we not handle this as we usually do today with organizations. In those, one speaks of paragraph one or paragraph two of the program, and then all of the members are united under a program. People must be treated like human beings, and not like parts of a program community or organization like human beings, fellow human beings, with all their imperfections. Therefore, it is a fundamental task that people are found who want to unite with the viewpoints that Mr. Rath, 
Mr. Lairs, and Mr. Mykowski stated. When you have found such a group, it can then go its path esoterically. We will see when the group really exists. We must first have the group in order to be able to say whether or not it can follow an esoteric path. We do not yet have such a group. It will presumably present itself, however. This is the reason I said that there are those who know energetically what they want. An example is Mr. Lairs, who expressed this in a letter to me. Not everyone has done this. You must attain this clarity. You must work toward this. Close quote. In order to characterize the nature of a real community, Dr. Steiner recalled in one of the beginning discussions how Hermann Grimm spoke of the friendship between Goethe and Schiller. If we wanted to express this friendship in a mathematical formula, we would not say, quote, G plus S, close quote, but rather, quote, in parentheses, G plus S, close parenthesis, plus parenthesis, S plus G, close parenthesis, close quote. A true community is more than the mere sum of its members. To what two such people represent, there comes a new third element in addition. The following also belongs with the first foundational words from Rudolf Steiner about the real nature of what we sought there. Quote, I will see to it that you receive a content for what you want. We will indeed come to build such a community. Let me yet today tell you the following as a piece of advice. It will be a matter, page 18, of people of the most varied life paths coming together. The one will go this way, the other will go that way in life. Life will simply bring this with it. Very soon, life will become very, very complicated. We will have to frame this community in such a way that people with the most varied professions and ways of life can be included. What is involved is that each individual takes as concretely as possible the spirit that we seek through the community. That means that you understand the following. What you seek is to find a friend in the spiritual world. To find such a friend is not actually difficult. The important thing is to remain spiritually true to the friend once found. Parenthesis, this was said with infinite warmth in his voice. Close parenthesis. Therefore, the first requirement of which I must speak to you, and I am always communicating requirements to you, is that you learn quite precisely what spiritual loyalty is. You must be capable of making a promise to yourself and remaining loyal to yourself. You will be able to receive all kinds of advice from me, yet that can only be half of what is necessary for what you are seeking. It will indeed be what you need as a foundation, but you will have to bring the other half yourself. For everything we want to attain in the spirit, loyalty to what we have set as intentions for ourselves in the spirit is necessary. What are the detriments today? People do not expect loyalty of themselves. This loyalty to a promise given to oneself or others is the firm staff in life. The spirit that is full of life in anthroposophy is not a doctrine. It is much more an actuality, a real being, that guides us through life. 
What you want is to find a community that has something of such a friendly guidance through life. We experience such things when we take the concrete spiritual as extended over the whole of life. Your community will have in it something of the primordial mystery of all human community. This mystery is that what we ourselves do within the community bears no fruit for us ourselves, but for others, and that the fruits for us come from others. Close quote. Once during this conversation with all of us, he gave an example of what he understood in the sense of the goal of our striving as we had expressed it by, quote, speaking concretely out of the spiritual, close quote. He had already spoken of this in general terms in one of his lectures. A youth, a friend who was an active farmer, had attempted in an earlier discussion to say something about Christ. It was more or less a helpless stammering. But in our effort to be positive, we thought we had to inwardly acknowledge his attempt. In addition, he told something about his work with agriculture, including his experience with manure. We found these comments to be a bit out of place, but did not speak of it. However, the next day, when we, when some of us were with Dr. Steiner to discuss the progress of the meetings, he said suddenly, quote, What the young man said yesterday about Christ was quite insignificant. Yet what he said about the manure was excellent. I would like to say something more about it myself in today's meeting. Close quote. The following is an attempt to tell how he did that. It is to be noted that the agriculture course had not yet occurred. Dr. Steiner said, quote, What you said yesterday as a farmer was interesting. I do not have time to stay here for long, and therefore want to at least briefly say the following. We seek the spiritual also in agriculture. Also there it is believed that we must find new methods that reach as far as right into the way we handle matter. When you turn to modern materialistic science, you do not find, page 19, much love for agriculture. Modern science believes that when we need a certain amount of nitrogen in the soil, we must add it, in that amount, to the soil. They do not know that one only has to plant sainfuan around the field in order for the soil to receive the necessary nitrogen through what radiates out from this plant. Readers aside, I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, S-A-I-N-F-O-I-N, possibly sainfuan, my apologies, end of readers aside. It is already enough to plant a single row of sainfuan around the field. Close quote. One courageous fellow among us, who did not know this plant, asked what this plant is. Dr. Steiner answered immediately, and indeed in such a way that we experienced that he did not speak about the plant as if it were not present. Through the intimate tone of his voice and the inwardness, the thoughtfulness of his bearing, the direct spiritual presence of what he was describing could be experienced. The Saint-Fouin came into being, as it were, through his words and gestures. One must try to feel this between the words that follow. Quote, Saint-Fouin, they are plants, they have flower stands, butterfly blossoms, they are like lilac-colored, they have pinnate pet- petals. 
close quote. And now, continuing to speak about the plant made present to us, he said, quote, This plant has the peculiar power to penetrate wide areas of soil with what people want to add to it as artificially as possible. Do you think that the effect of Saint-Fouin is absurd? No. These are things, of course, that one understands when one is able to press forward with spiritual insight. Close quote. The following are notes out of the discussions in the meetings that took place after the separation from those opposed. The discussions took place first in a wider compass and then later with only those who participated in the founding of the group. Dr. Steiner designed the meetings to a certain extent like a seminar in that he asked us questions that we were to answer either immediately or the next day. One of the first questions was what we imagined the task of the future youth movement to be. Among others, a young friend who had belonged to a Zionist youth movement for a while spoke about her experience and what she had learned there. Dr. Steiner listened with visible interest, but then said, quote, It would be good if you would mention in your talking something of the positive task you want to set for yourself. There flows in the youth movement something of a certain vagueness. It is characteristic that most who seek out the youth movement do not speak decidedly, but out of a certain feeling. Yet, out of feeling, too, one can specify many things with certainty. It would be good if such concrete, positive feelings were to come to expression at this time. You have characterized well the two movements you have been involved with, parenthesis, Zionism and van der Vogel, close parenthesis. In the Zionist movement, there exists a certain yearning for the renewing of Judaism. However, so that this community does not get itself into something vague, but rather into something clearly determined, it would be good to outline what you have imagined. Thus, for example, it will be good if you would talk about what you sought originally in the youth movement. It is not that I am looking for the information. It is so that you have to say to yourself, I sought this and that specific element in the youth movement. Such things do indeed grow out of the unspecific, and yet you can attempt to characterize more exactly what you are striving for. Then something was said about the contrast between the older and younger generations, how one experiences the older generation and, at the same time, the significance of Nietzsche and Spitteler for the opposition by the younger generation was mentioned. Dr. Steiner then spoke again, page 20, quote, You see, does this not tell us something which, according to its own nature, can only be a transition? For is it not true that we cannot avoid growing older? It is therefore a question of whether we may continue striving for something that belonged to a particular time, and which is already completed, when we are actually moving forward. When you take the characteristic that you have just given, we see that it belongs to a particular time and was finished within that time. The objection that the next generation will have it easier is not valid. They will have it easier in part if those who are growing older look back at their own youth and then do not behave toward their children the way the older generation did. On the other hand, you may not forget 
that you have the opposition you faced to thank for the enthusiasm, the great inspiration that you had. These existed in you as fire. The next generation will not be able to have precisely this fire if you make it easier for them. For this reason, difficulties will soon arise that must be compensated for by something you have been able to get from the forces of opposition. Life goes forward and creates ever new conditions. It is always good when a generation, namely the one at the beginning of this twentieth century, has attained something through fighting for it, which has its inner character through a purely inner foundation. It is so that with the end of the nineteenth century totally new conditions emerged. The children who were born in 1897, 1898, and 1899 were born under totally different cosmic conditions from those born earlier. Actually, the modern opposition mood can be traced to this. There has always been a contrast between the younger and older generations, but not these special opposition spirits. Precisely this led to seeing great difficulties for the coming generations. They are in danger of becoming unstable, of having no inner core. I wish to hear what thoughts you have about how the next generation can receive an inner core. The next generation will no longer want to know anything of Nietzsche or Spitteler. When you think back to how you were with the youth movement and how you found something in the mysticism of Baal Shem, you will have to admit that the next generation will not be able to be inspired the way you were. This is the difficulty that stands before us now. How can we picture the next generation? We must work for the progress of humanity. For this reason, I would like for you to speak about the positive aspects. For this, it is not necessary to think up all-encompassing ideals or to say something all-comprehensive. Rather, it depends often on seemingly small, insignificant things that are in reality a great signi- of great significance. Close quote. Parenthesis. Rudolf Steiner discussed the same thing then in the sixth lecture, in which at the end he said that the youth movement must have a Janus head. It must look not only at the responsibility and demands it has in relation to the older generation, but also at the undetermined demands quote, that are storming toward us with a mighty power and that the youth will put to us. Close quote, close when we came to speak in this sense, Dr. Steiner said, quote, Among the many criticisms leveled against the Waldorf School is that some children cannot yet read and write perfectly at nine years of age. There is nothing to say against this. They really cannot. However, we ourselves do not have the view that eight- or nine-year-olds should be skilled readers or writers. This is because those who know the nature of the human being completely see that the skill that is being developed in the modern elementary school makes the human being halfway into a thinking automaton. Instead of giving the children letters to copy, we let them putter about with color. Through the fact that they learn to feel or sense something through this, they retain the life of their soul, whereas otherwise it dies. Close quote. Page 21. Being asked to speak about the tasks of the youth movement made us aware for the first time of how difficult it was to arrive at real concepts. 
of what we ourselves wanted. In relation to the strong youthful tendency that reigned among us of remaining with mere feelings, Dr. Steiner made the demand that always seems so unyouthful, quote, formulate what you want in more exact terms, close quote. In this sense, Steiner gave one of us the task to think about and then present concrete ideas about the goals of the striving of the anthroposophical youth with regard to a transformation of the present reigning relationships among people in the outer social life. This friend worried and wrestled in search of the answer that he was to give the next day. He sought help from us in vain. At our next meeting, he looked fairly disheartened. He felt a hint could be given through a comparison between the other offices and a friendly reception given at the Anthroposophical Initiative that existed at the time, Der Kommendetag, the coming day. Thus he brought this with a remark that we should set ourselves the social goal that such friendly faces would be found in all the offices in the world. Dr. Steiner listened to this with an unconcealed little smile, and said with a smile, quote, Now, not taking into account whether the example is really totally correct, close quote, parenthesis, anyone who was aware of the inner life of De Comendatak knew what great human difficulties were to be dealt with there, close parenthesis. And then Steiner became suddenly quite earnest and continued, quote, What matters is really something completely different. The social life up to this point has been like a mechanism, and nothing is accomplished when the levers and cranks of the existing mechanism is put into motion with somewhat smiling faces. Rather, it is important that this mechanism be replaced with an organism. And, with an urgent tone, he continued, You must be clear that what you will want can be nothing more than the growing of a delicate little plant, Imagine what is dead in modern social life as great stones, and imagine the little plant among the stones. What is dead has a much more tenacious hold in life than something living, because it cannot die. At most it can be ground or crushed, with emphasis, and the stones will be ground or crushed. However, you must take care that the delicate little plant is not ground up along with the stones. In the midst of the ever-repeated signs of being dissatisfied, he could immediately show his enthusiasm and affirmation when the occasion for it arose. Readers aside, I believe there's an end to a quote there. I don't see the end of the quotation mark. I'm going to say it's there. End of readers aside. Once one of us said, in the view of the description Dr. Steiner had given during the course of the instability of the future, youth due to a lack of opposition, that spiritual content must be brought to the souls of the young people, because through this there would arise new riddles which can ignite impulses and strength to penetrate further to the spiritual. Steiner showed special joy as the following was expressed. Just as the physical social life consists of deeds done together, so too we strive for common deeds in the spirit, thus actually for a social working in the suprasensible. Immediately Steiner wanted to know 
what we imagine or think spiritually with the concepts deeds and especially with the concept common. When we quite timidly answered that such common deeds could perhaps arise through meditating spiritual contents in common, he showed his satisfaction openly. In this way we found ourselves, later this would happen often, confirmed in our view of meditation, which we did not want to see as a method of private self-perfection, but as a deed that works into an objective spiritual sphere. Page 22 The following are statements of Dr. Steiner's according to the notes of the individual friends who could no longer remember to which conversation they belong. Quote, the souls of modern human beings come as a result of the general development of the being of the human, to the boundary between intellect and the spirit. It is for people as it is for the fish. When it comes to the surface of the water, jumps out of the water, and feels the air, it reacts to this with the impulse to dive back down especially deep into the water. Thus you will see in the coming time that people will have the urge, when they accidentally come against the boundary of the intellect, to dive down quite deeply into the intellect. In the face of this it will be your task to penetrate through the intellect to the supra-intellect, in parentheses, over-intellect, through the clarity to the supra-clarity, in parentheses, over-clarity, close quote. Quote, on the path you have resolved to go, you will become more sensitive to the aramonic effect in the world. And there you will have to be careful that you do not succumb to the temptation to escape this experience through the same method you used in attaining this sensitivity. Close quote, parenthesis. We understand this to mean that we should not retreat into a meditative life like a protective haven in order to escape. Close parenthesis. To the question from one of us about where the Aramonic forces assert themselves most strongly, Dr. Steiner answered, quote, As far as I have been able to see, it is the case in the cinema and with the typewriter. It is not that there are no other machines with respect to their construction that are more Aramonic. However, as regards the effect on the human being, it is as I have said. Close quote. At one occasion he said to us with great urgency, quote, Become seekers of human beings. Close quote. Parenthesis, we felt this to be a time-appropriate metamorphosis of the words Christ spoke to the disciples, quote, Become fishers of men. Close quote. In the age of the freedom of the individuality, fishers become seekers. Close parenthesis. The comprehensive nature of what we were striving for, for humanity, came to expression in connection with the discussion about Zionist about the Zionist youth movement. Quote, you do not want to found something as small as is the case in Zionism. Close quote. We were reminded strongly of the strivings of the friends of God through the following explanation quote, There are two parallel streams of history or evolution flowing. The one is visible, apparent, and the other is unrevealed unseen. Generally, people know only the first one, yet behind it there runs the other hidden stream. 
This stream is the actual one that brings things about. It must never dry up or fail. And to assure this, groups of human beings must come together from time to time and work further in this stream, forming it further. It is in this stream that you want to place yourself through your community. Close quote. Quote, when people come and ask a spiritual researcher for a common meditation content, and when their really earnest will leads them to this, then a greater force can arise in order to accomplish something in the world than is the case with an oh-so-powerful statesman. Close quote. Quote, it appears at present that much goes smoothly because it is done by a machine. However, the machine is beyond our heads. It becomes an ever more gigantic force that works of itself, and which human beings can no longer stop with their existing forces. We can only be a match for this power of the machine through a striving that endeavors to carry spirit into the furthest consequences of our actions. This alone, that we bring spirit and love into our will, will make it possible to stand firmly against being overrun by the cultural machine. Too few people today develop real initiative. There is a lot of wishfulness, but little will. Close quote. Quote, One must differentiate between prayer and meditation. The ordinary prayer serves today mostly as a satisfying of one's own self. The true meditation, however, is a fulfilling of the spiritual will that the time-spirit bears within itself. Where such meditation is practiced, a spiritual force is able to work into the earthly events. Spiritual worlds want to work into earthly events today, but they can do this only when, through human meditation, space is created for it. Through meditation, Something like an empty space comes about. Into this space, the spiritual beings can enter with their effects. Quote. Quote, even though much is destroyed physically, even though outwardly little appears to be attained, what is created spiritually remains. It retains its value for the future. Close quote. Quote, now a time has come in which materialism has hardened the body so much that the individuality cannot incarnate enough. Many people go around today in such a way that they have a part of their being beside them, like a companion. This part, this companion, cannot reside in the body. It remains hidden behind the sense world. It is necessary to penetrate through to this part, and meditation is a method for doing this. Close quote. Last Phase of the Preparation after a few meetings, the smaller group came one day, Wednesday, October 11th, to Dr. Steiner. He let us know that he did not have time for conversation. Seen outwardly, the reason was the extraordinary, many-sided demands on his time. We ourselves found, however, that we had to see in this a spiritual sign that something decisive was expected of us, and that we had to come to this out of ourselves. In looking back at the coming about of the course and the gradual arising of the idea for the new community 
that we now took on, our thoughts had to stop at one thing. This was the anchoring that we were striving for of our community in the spiritual world, our striving through this to serve Michael, the guiding spirit of our time. In our distress, we turned to Marie Steiner after a curative speech class. Without giving concretely the name before our mind's eye, Michael, we explained our situation briefly. Without hesitation, she made a corresponding movement over her head and said, quote, Yes, yes, the doctor wants indeed to hear something from you about him. Close quote. We had the immediate impression that she was informed by Dr. Steiner out of foresight of our wrestling and the expectation that we would turn to her. Immediately we came back together and discussed excitedly in what way each of us, when Dr. Steiner would call us back together again, could try to satisfy his expectation. It was now clear that one of us would have to speak about our will toward Michael, because Wilhelm Rath was the one who during the time of preparation for the Course, was the first to speak this name in the sense of the orientation of our spiritual striving. We were all agreed that he should express this through Rolf Steiner on our behalf. Rat took this on with the deepest earnestness. As we left the room where we had discussed this, Rudolf Steiner passed by us. We asked him timidly about the possibility of a next meeting. Without hesitation, he scheduled it for the next day. Thursday, October 12, 1922. Dr. Steiner began immediately with the questions, quote, Now what do you still have to say to me? Close quote. We each tried to say something about the spiritually essential side of our goals, whereupon Rat spoke the name Michael at the end. The following is some of the exchange that took place at that time. One said, that he thought that we must learn to speak just as spiritually about tables and chairs as we speak about the hierarchies. All of us were convinced that with that, for once something was said with which Rothsteiner would agree. Instead he smiled and shook his head, saying, quote, No, you should set yourself the task rather to speak as naturally about the hierarchies as you do otherwise about tables and chairs. Close quote. He then gave a highly surprising example. He said we should become able to know and then out of such insight be able to say that Ibsen wrote out of an inspiration of the Archangel Gabriel, who had become Luciferic. And he added that we may not understand this to mean that Gabriel himself is a Luciferic being. However, Gabriel was taken hold of by the impulse to extend his influence beyond the time that was available for his reign. His age was to end in 1879, but he did not want to give up his reign over culture. Thus there came about such a drama as Ibsen's Gespenster, Ghosts, that is based on the idea of heredity, page 25, to keep something in effect in this manner beyond the time allotted to it is always luciferic. Thus Gabriel was taken hold of by a luciferic impulse. And Dr. Steiner added, quote, Out of the unrightful continuation of Gabriel, cultural deformities arise. These deformities then bring it about that in a mystical manner 
wishes of a merely intellectual nature seek their way into the supersensible. The friend who had, as mentioned earlier in this report, participated in one of the priest courses, connected his comments with what Dr. Steiner said about the being of anthroposophy. He thought that in order for this being to be effective on earth, a body would have to be prepared for it. May we possibly think that our requested community should become an organ of this body? Dr. Steiner agreed fundamentally with this, yet he said that is not a matter of an incarnation of this being, but rather of an incorporation. Quote, In the earth existence, this being can come only as far as incorporation. An incarnation of this being will be possible only in circumstances other than the earthly ones. Close quote. Bracket. Here a passage about the living together of the European peoples was left out. In the form given, it was certain that it was not authentic. Close bracket. About the comment of one of the friends that we were striving for guidance or leadership in common with one another, Steiner said, quote, Yes, you want to become a conscious group soul. Close quote. After each of us had spoken about what we thought he wanted to hear from us, it was Roth's turn. With almost quivering lips, he spoke the decisive words by saying, that we wanted to place ourselves with this community under the leadership of Micaiah. All that came from Dr. Steiner after that was that he looked at his watch and said, quote, I must unfortunately leave you today because I have another commitment. However, we will meet together again tomorrow evening. Then you will receive from me what you have requested of me. Close quote. Friday, October 13, 1922. We gathered at the appropriate time in the room made available to us, and waited for Dr. Steiner in a festive, expectant mood. He entered the room, together with Frau Dr. Steiner, with a noticeably earnest bearing. He held in his hand a violet leather-bound linen book, out of which he later read the meditations and let them be copied. Upon entering the room, he paused a moment in the doorway and counted us as he pointed a finger at each of us. Page 26. Thereby we ourselves became aware for the first time that there were twelve of us. He went to the table prepared for him and sat down, asking us to sit down likewise. Then he opened the book and said with a deep, calm voice, quote, I have the task of communicating the following to you. Close quote. He read the words, having instructed one of us to write them down. Afterward he gave instructions for the practice of the exercises in general and for specific passages of the meditations given to us. These are in a separate part that is added to this report. Finally, he gave indications about the nature and significance of such a community. He spoke about the effect that meditating such a meditation in common has. Quote, Assume that there were ten of you, and each of you were to summon up in your meditation the power of two. Then the total effect is not two times ten, but two to the tenth power. In other words, the increase in the power does not happen by multiplication, but by potentization. Of our behavior toward each other as members of the group, he said, quote, You will each come to have different cultural tasks. Not all of your work will be toward the outside in the same degree. 
Some will stand further in the foreground, while others are more in the background according to destiny and talent. Each of you must feel joy for the success of the other. You must avoid every feeling of rivalry and have the awareness that what each of you accomplishes, you accomplish through the power of all of the others. Uniting yourself through a mutual promise to strive toward a common spiritual goal and leaving one another completely free in actions and judgments in life, such a community based on this is something completely new in the evolution of humanity and it is what is most necessary today. For someone who comes to specific results on the esoteric path, there always exists the danger of delusions of grandeur. Such a community as yours can be a protection against this, for in it you strive together to cross the threshold of the spiritual world, and there each of you has to say that you have the efforts of all the others to thank for what you have achieved personally. Close quote. In connection with this, Dr. Steiner gave a corresponding instance in the Catholic Church. Once, in the circle of priests, the thought arose that the individual priest, through his word, could summon Christ into the tabernacle. In other words, Christ obeys the word of the priest. As the bishop of the diocese in question noticed that this thought began to bring confusion, he wrote a pastoral letter to explain that the individual priest has this power only as a member of the whole cleric body of the Church. The Spirit of the Church is Christ, and He is also the Spirit of the whole cleric body. In truth, in the sacred act, Christ summons Himself through the individual priest. Concerning how to fit the meditative life into the outer daily life, He said, quote, Now, you must divide your life into two parts. Close quote. He stressed this sharply. Quote, in the one part your exercises take place and the other part is your outer life. In the first part you draw in the spirit. Then in the second the spirit will flow of itself into life. For this, however, it is necessary that you enter into the outer life completely. Close quote. Page 27. As the last thing in this meeting he came back to the necessity of persevering with the exercises once they have been undertaken. He described the significance of the deeds that we are able to perform through such conduct. Quote, On the physical field, the Aramonic power is so strong today that not one single human I is equal to it. Capital. For this reason, no human I today can guarantee that it can really fulfill its resolve so far as it concerns a physical deed. Araman, however, has no access to the realm in which you now have resolved to execute deeds. Therefore, the fulfillment of these deeds depends on you yourselves. For this reason, you have here the first opportunity to execute deeds in freedom and consequently the first opportunity to practice loyalty. Close quote. Again, as in the first meeting with him, the word loyalty was spoken with special warmth. With this, a detour was made back to the other indication of the necessary loyalty and devotion to the friend found in the spiritual world. Here it should be added that before Dr. Steiner read the meditations, he gave an introduction, but no one could recall it in detail. Only one individual thought to have remembered clearly 
that during this introduction Dr. Steiner spoke at intervals the Rosicrucian mantras as if out of primeval depths. In closing, Dr. Steiner said he wanted to give us yet in the next few days something through which we would be able to expand our group in the future. Quote, we will form your community according to your heart's desire. Close quote. He departed from us for this time by warmly giving us his hand, and Frau Dr. Steiner, who left with him, did the same. In his last words, we experienced the answer to what we had noticed in the course of the preparatory conversations. This was that we had thought the significance and meaning of the community we were seeking would have to come to expression through the act of its founding and through the form of membership. For this founding, we were summoned quite early on Monday, October 16th, before Rudolf Steiner's departure for Dorna. Before the founding is described, an incident that took place in the meantime must be reported, because this caused Dr. Steiner to begin the foundation in a specific way, and to indicate an incumbent task for the whole of the anthroposophical movement. Encounter with the New Movement for Religious Renewal, pages 27-28. Here is reported that a few of those founding the youth group had the intention, with the agreement of Dr. Rittelmeyer and Dr. Steiner, to participate in the first act of consecration of man, at which others, in addition to just priests, could be present on Sunday, October 15th. This was the preparation by the inner circle of priests for the first public celebration of the act of consecration of man, which would be held on the first of Advent in the communities. In the conversation beforehand in which the details of the service were made known, licentiate Emil Bach called for all the participants, through their participation in the service, to commit themselves to building up the Christian community. As a result of this, the youth group founders withdrew from their intention to participate. Founding of the Youth Group, Monday, October 16, 1922, page 28. Because of Dr. Steiner's early scheduled departure for Dornach, the gathering took place at 7 a.m. We waited for him on the landing of the staircase outside the room to which we were called. He met us there and asked, with the interested anticipation before entering the room, if we had participated in the act of consecration of man the day before. We told him we had not, because of a difficulty that came from the side of the priests. About this he stressed several times that he would not have had anything against our participating. Quote, Come in. We want to discuss this right now. You must tell me what stood in your way. Close quote. Thus, the meeting that was dedicated to the festive founding of the group began with our report of what we experienced that evening and the decision imposed upon us. This was followed by Dr. Steiner's presentation of his relationship to the Christian community and, in comparison, his position in the anthroposophical movement. He made it clear that he had a thoroughly different opinion and judgment about the condition for participation in the ritual than what had been brought there. However, the Christian community was founded in such a way that it is the decision of the priests that counts and not his. He himself was not responsible for decisions in the life of that movement. He did not found the Christian community, nor was he responsible to be its leader. 
subtle differences of concepts are necessary in order to see his relationship to it correctly. He had only demonstrated the ritual for the priests. He himself had never celebrated the ritual. It was celebrated the first time by Dr. Rittelmeyer. It is different with his relationship to the anthroposophical movement. There he is responsible for seeing that correct judgments and decisions reign in it. Quote, the following is, however, often the case. All in this, page 29, movement proceeded out of clear impulses, but often these are then later and sometimes precisely with the best of intentions of the members brought into unclarity. A group such as yours should help to keep the original impulses clear or where they have become unclear to lead them back to clarity. Close quote. Then he went on to something else. We remember that he took the opportunity to speak of H. P. Blavatsky in connection with a description of the esoteric movement, theosophical movement, of recent years that preceded anthroposophy. No one can remember the details of this, except that Rudolf Steiner spoke of this personality as a world historical medium. Next he explained some things about being in the world as members of our community or group. From now on it will be for every human group in the outer world, thus, for instance, for students in a teacher's training institute at which one of us studies, of karmic significance that at one time a member of this group was a part of it. Also, effects would arise in the destiny between us and human beings who are connected with us physically or physical-spiritually. These effects would be of a good or bad nature, according to whether we were good or bad in our affairs. Yet he warned us that this is not so easy to judge. For that we would need a capacity that one can better express in the English language, esoteric discernment. He said in view of future growth, quote, consider yourselves as the root of the group, close quote. About the accepting of future members, he said only that we should not take anyone who is younger than 21 years old. They are minors legally, and you could have a conflict with parents, and because of that with the law. The group must, at all costs, however, avoid any contact with the public officials. Further, he advised us not to take when possible a married woman whose husband is not joining, or with whom you must expect that he will not find a relationship with or access to the group. Dr. Steiner closed this part of the conversation when, with a noticeable change of his bearing, he said that he now wanted to give us a formulation of an oath. Through the reading of this oath in the presence of the others, the admittance into the community would be effected. Thus we were first to accept one another mutually through each of us reading the oath aloud to the others. From then on the oath should serve to expand the group through our own responsibility. He asked that someone write down what he then dictated freely by speaking the oath word for word as if bringing it out of the spiritual world in the moment. All the while he held his gaze meditatively before him. Then he paused briefly, laid his hands and arms quietly in front of him, 
and said with deep earnestness, in a voice in which cosmic firmness and humble quiet appeared to be paired, quote, And now consider your community as having been founded by the spiritual world itself. Close quote. At that he got up and we did also. He then came to each one of us, stood quietly before each, took our right hand in both of his, and looked us briefly in the eyes with a gaze that cannot be described in words. Perhaps we may say, thinking of a term used later in one of his Rosicrucian lectures of January 1924, that his was a star gaze. Here we were allowed to look into eyes from which no personal gaze proceeded, but rather through which starry worlds looked and rayed forth. Page 30 Before he left, he asked us to please report it to him, should anyone decide in the end not to join the to group. This surprised us because we all thought such a thing unimaginable. Later, looking back at emerging difficulties, led us to understand his precaution. At that time, however, no one made use of this available freedom. Nonetheless, it told us that in the future we should give those seeking admittance the opportunity for a last examination of their decision after they have come to know what is involved with our group. It was important to us that we had from the very beginning in our thoughts of such a group no mutual soul sympathy. Thus we believe that also for the future we should not strive to become closer to one another in this part of our being. How surprised we were when Dr. Steiner turned back to us as he was leaving and said warmly, quote, And now get to know one another well. Close quote. This gave us the idea to tell each other our biography that same evening at our mutual acceptance into membership. This then became a permanent practice with admittance to membership. During the rest of the time before his departure, Dr. Steiner allowed us to ask him any kind of questions of more or less personal nature. One person asked for advice about his studies and received the topic for a doctoral dissertation. Another received pointers for his historical research. Yet another was given medical instructions for an ailment plaguing him. Among these questions was one that, because of its general significance, is communicated here. The question was about Dr. Steiner's position in relation to both the school that was a kind of esoteric section that existed in the society until 1914 and to what has been newly formed here. About this he said, quote, As I began teaching, I had to connect my work with the thread of the old tradition. What came thusly into being had to be broken off due to outer circumstances. What has taken place now is a first in the post-Christian age. Human beings themselves chose out of freedom before the spiritual world to join together esoterically. Close quote. Here is added something that we experienced later. As at the end of World War I, some of the older esoteric school members asked Dr. Steiner about the possibility of taking up what had been interrupted by the beginning of the war, he said that the old could no longer be taken up. Though it could come to a new esoteric form within the society. However, 
that would depend first upon people coming to him out of freedom and asking for an esotericism in common with one another. Such could only happen in Central Europe and from those belonging to the younger generation. He would have to wait for this. We then understood his so surprisingly positive demeanor as Rat spoke the question in the committee discussion before the first lecture of the course. As Rudolf Steiner finally left the room in order to travel to Dornach with the car that was already waiting for him, he turned several times at the door and waved warmly with both hands. End of the report by Ernst Lairs. Number two, notes from Rudolf Steiner's comments at two meetings with all participants of the pedagogical youth course. According to a photocopy in the Rudolf Steiner archive, the typed original document from which the photocopy was made bears the stamp Anthroposophische Vereinigung Archiv, Anthroposophical Association Archive. Readers aside, my apologies for the German there. End of readers aside. And at the top right was the name of Daniel van Wemelen. He was most likely the owner of the document and not its author. Minor corrections in the text were probably made by Van Bemelen. It is probably an edited copy of notes taken by individual participants, either during or immediately after the discussions. Ernst Lairs and Wilhelm Rath must have had access to this text as they wrote their reports, because they used it almost word for word. The places that had no meaning, which arose through being copied down, were corrected according to Lair's report and are marked with brackets from the editor of the German edition. Discussion on October 6, 1922 Pedagogical Course, October 2 to the 15th, 1922 Dr. Steiner, quote, I would like to say up front that I would be very glad to hear from various sides how you imagine that your community, which is to come into being, is to be held together how it will work, and what unity will actually mean for you. Do not misunderstand me. Naturally, out of what is intended here can develop only what is well grounded in the cause. However, it will be a matter of people from the various sides saying what they imagine shall develop here, so that we can see how much of a totally free personal will exists, and not merely an imagined free will. You can, of course, work together in the most varied ways in the sense of the general goals that are discussed here during our common campaign. However, you have, in addition, yet more specific goals, or, I will say, that you intend to attain the goals in a specific way. I must hear absolutely, from various sides, what is wanted before it will be possible to frame these things objectively. It is not what you yourselves imagine that you want, One can join such a cause only as a completely free human being. For this reason I ask that you use this time to discuss everything in a frank, free and unperturbed manner. At the same time, however, take into account what needs to be considered in order to come to a free decision. The rest I shall then say when everything has been discussed from the various sides. Close quote. Dr. Steiner again, quote, It would be good if you would mention in your talking something of the positive task you have set for yourself. There flows in the youth movement something of a certain vagueness. 
It is characteristic that most who speak of the youth movement do not speak decidedly, but out of a certain feeling. Yet out of feeling, too, one can specify many things with certainty. It would be good if, at this moment, such concrete positive feelings came to expression. You have characterized well the two movements you have been involved with, Zionism and the Wandervogel. In the Zionist movement there is a certain yearning for the renewing of Judaism. However, so that this community here does not get itself into something vague, but rather into something clearly determined, it would be good if you would really try to rewrite what you have imagined. Thus, for example, if you would talk about what you actually sought originally in the youth movement, it is not that I am looking for the information. It is so that you have to say to yourself, I sought this and that specific element in the youth movement. Such things grow out of the unspecific, yet you can attempt to characterize some of what you were striving for. Close quote. Miss Spira, there is no text. Dr. Steiner again, quote, You see, does that not tell us something that according to its own nature can only be a transition? For is it not true that we cannot avoid growing older? Now, it is a question of whether we may remain with striving, it should be put as a question, for a thing that belongs to a particular time and is finished, when we ourselves are actually moving forward in time, simply due to the natural course of things. When you take the characteristic that you have just given, it belongs to a particular time and was finished within that time. The objection that the next generation will have it easier is not valid. They will in part have it easier if those who are growing older look at their own youth and then do not behave toward their children the way the earlier elders did. But you may not forget that you have the opposition you faced to thank for the enthusiasm, the great inspiration you have had. And this existed as fire in you. The next generation will not be able to have this fire. They will then be unable to have it precisely if you make it easier for them. Thus, for the next years, new difficulties must arise, difficulties, bracket, that must be compensated for by something you have been able to get from the forces of opposition, close bracket. Continue, quote, Yet, life goes forward and creates new conditions. And whoever can observe in life must say, it is a good thing that a new generation from the beginning of this century once achieved something. I can also quite honestly say what they accomplished. It had the right characteristic for an inner reason. With the end of the nineteenth century, new conditions emerged within human soul development. The children who were born from 1897 to 1899 were born under cosmically different conditions than those born earlier. It is from this that the mood of opposition first began. There has always existed a contrast between the younger and older generations, but these specific spirits of opposition did not always exist. This led to the anticipation of great difficulties coming soon and with the next generation. The next generation will face the great danger, in spite of everything, of becoming unstable, of not receiving an inner core. I would like to know if you are thinking about how the next generation can receive an inner core. 
you had an inner core, because without it you would never have come to the opposition mood. The next generation will no longer know about Nietzsche or Spitteler, and when you think back to how you were with the youth movement and found something in the mysticism of Baal Shem, you will have to say to yourself, the next generation will not be able to be inspired in such a way as you were. So, the difficulty now is, what picture can we make of the next generation? We must work for the progress of humanity, and for that reason I want you to say something about the positive aspects. This does not depend on making comprehensive statements or forming all-encompassing ideals. It depends rather on seemingly small, insignificant things that are in reality of great significance. Among the many criticisms leveled against the Waldorf School is that the children cannot yet read and write at the age of nine years. There is no objection to be made to this. They can ellipsis, close quote. Bracket, the heading for the second meeting was written incorrectly and was corrected by hand, probably by Van Bemelen, close bracket, 8x22, in brackets, October 8, 1922. Quote, A number of people know quite energetically what they want. Another part does not yet know. A group is to be formed. However, what the group is to encompass is not yet decided. Those individuals who want something energetically in a certain way, that lay in Mr. Roth's explanation, want to form a group that bears within it a spiritually essential substance that makes the group a carrier of a spiritual essence. This gives the group an esoteric character, although I would ask you not to misuse these things as word. People imagine all kinds of things by the term esoteric group. I do not mean you, but others. It is a matter of what you want. What name is chosen is insignificant. When I myself want to or should go into the esoteric, I must say that what matters is to take the esoteric earnestly. For when the esoteric is taken seriously, it is an acting or doing according to concrete impulses out of the spiritual world. One can strive to do this. Anthroposophy is a path for this. To build such a community would constitute the resolve to enter upon this path. This would result in various measures suited to lead to this goal. When you speak of spiritual content, you must be aware that it is a matter of something living. The spiritual must be a living essence, and the group cannot be dead. In other words, it must be a force group. It then has the characteristic of being a living entity. You can set as a requirement everything that has already been said by various people here and by me. Yet you must be clear about the fact that out of the common body come common pains and common connections of destiny. All kinds of things occur for which, in a certain sense, an analogy would be that of an organism, in which, when the finger suffers, the brain feels something of it. This requires that you do not proceed in the way other societies tend to do, where one says, paragraph one, paragraph two, of the program or the plan, and then all the differences are united under the plan. Human beings must take themselves as human beings and not as members of a program society. 
They must be able to exist as fellow human beings with all their imperfections. For that reason, it is a quite fundamental task for you to form the group in such a way that you are clear about how the people who are united with the viewpoint laid out by Mr. Rat, Mr. Lairs, and Mr. Mykowski come together. This group can then proceed to work esoterically. That will become clear when the group is formed. You must first have the group in order to determine whether it can follow an esoteric path. You do not yet have the group. It will present itself, though. It is for this reason that I think there are those who know energetically what they want, but have not yet expressed it. You must achieve this clarity before you are done with the preparations. You must work toward this. Perhaps you will come first and foremost to such things when you connect with the starting point. Close quote. Layers, pages 16 and forward. Bracket. In the report by Wilhelm Rath, he says, quote, And Dr. Steiner turned to me with the request, for the purpose of better clarity, that I connect with the starting point. Close quote. These words by Rudolf Steiner were written down at that time. Close bracket. Quote by Steiner. It is perhaps quite easy to connect with the starting point that you have touched upon. You pointed out an acquaintance with the Bundes für Freies Geistesleben, Association for Independent Spiritual Life, and have said of it that what you want cannot be done in the same way. It is quite surely true that the Association for Independent Spiritual Life was also founded out of the premise to realize something similar to what you are wanting, even though in a different way. And now, without my judging anything about the Association for Independent Spiritual Life, it would be good for the sake of reaching inner clarity if you would elaborate further about your concern with the Association. It would be of interest to hear what instantly repelled you. Then one would see what crystallizes out of it as will. It would quite certainly be something interesting and stimulating for everyone. From the manner of your presentation, one would perhaps be able to know a lot. You do not have to think that you need to go easy on the Association for Free Spiritual Life just because I am here. Close quote. Bracket. Then the report from Rot relates further. Quote, I described how at that time the style of this appeal from the Association estranged us young people in Berlin. We found it to be like advertising anthroposophy could not be spread in the world in this manner. A spiritual substance was missing. A truly free spiritual life must be founded in the spirit, and an association that wanted to proclaim it to the world would itself have to stand together in a brotherly attitude and not be united by an organizational, but rather by a spiritual bond. This awakened in us the idea of a living, spiritually united association like we found presented exemplarily in the writings of the Friend of God from Oberland. It is just that such an association would now have to be formed according to the demands of the present time. This spiritual background was not clearly recognizable in the appeal of the association. Close quote. To this, Dr. Steiner said the following, close bracket, Steiner quote, that is just what must be determined from the very beginning, a certain clarity about the matter. Perhaps I may bring out one thing that you said about spreading the word. 
Something totally different was behind this than the impression it made upon you. What was behind it is as follows. Let us take it completely objectively. Take my title, Outline of Esoteric Science, which is not exactly a conversational content. That book has reached so many souls in such a short time that one would have to say that a great deal of people know the content of this book. Close quote. Parenthesis, at that time it was in its twelfth printing, thus 12,000 copies had been printed, and that means four to five times that many people had read it. From experience, it is probably a much higher number. Close parenthesis, Steiner quote continues, We must say, the number of people who have a desire for what they can experience through anthroposophy is very large. Large groups of souls desire it to be such that the passive yearning for anthroposophy imposes a duty upon one to do something, so that anthroposophy can be effective on earth. And the number of people entering actively into the service of a cause, for which there is such a great yearning, has never been so small as with anthroposophy. When you look at any impulse arising in humanity, you will find, as a rule, that only small groups have the desire to spread the word about, about it. With anthroposophy it is true that it sits in many souls. But in order for these people to gain access to this content, there have to be enough people working actively to help this happen. This would already justify the way the Association for Independent Spiritual Life strives to bring activity into the passivity. One can say that such a thing must be. You will no longer find this to be like advertising. However, you will also see how terribly difficult it is to express yourself clearly. Through the way they spoke, what they said took on the form you characterized. The lack of clarity in its representation, whether in internal instances or more toward the outside, has created great hindrances for anthroposophy. Clarity is required. You understand what I mean. It is just that I am not in the position to say what would be necessary. Close quote, print, bracket, rot, page 31, close bracket. Steiner, quote, continued. You should not think that I want to criticize what you have said about the Association for Independent Spiritual Life. I wanted only to tell how that came about. It happened because there was no clarity with the appeal from the association. There was indeed goodwill behind it. Perhaps you could add that the result shows that it was not done right. The appeal had no effect. Close quote. And this is from Rot, page 33. Steiner, quote, continued. I would like to give you one thing to think about. This is whether there are a number of you who expected some things from the pedagogical youth course in Stuttgart, and are of the opinion today that what you expected still should be realized. But because you pass over your intentions and simply go into the day's business and omit them tomorrow, you then bring forth a reproach. That accusation is, they called us, invited us, and then they left us standing. They did not concern themselves with us any further, because we wanted to work in a different way. One thing is certain, a group will form out of those who are here today and to work as they have resolved to do. Close quote. 
Number three, further notes from presentations by Rudolf Steiner in the preparatory conversations for the founding of the youth group. Bracket. Note from the editor of the German edition. The following is most likely also a very old compilation of statements by Rudolf Steiner. They were often copied by hand. Lairs put them pretty much word for word into his report. The paragraph added at the end during the copying shows that this copy is from after 1950. Close bracket. About the nature and effect of our community. Parenthesis presentations by Rudolf Steiner in conversations preparing for the foundation, written down from memory immediately afterward. Close parenthesis. Steiner quote, A true community is always more than the mere sum of its members. Hermann Grimm said about the friendship between Goethe and Schiller, quote, subquote, I should say, if one wants to express it in a mathematical formula, it is not enough to say G plus S, but rather it must be G plus S plus S plus G there always comes a third element to what is between two people who are together in such a manner. Close quote from Lair's page 17. Steiner quote again. With what you wish to form, it is a matter of people from the most varied walks of life coming together. The one will go this way and another will go that way in life. Life will very soon become very complicated it will be necessary that each individual takes as concretely as possible the spirit that is sought through the community. This means that you understand the following. What you are seeking is a friend in the spiritual world. Finding such a friend is not difficult. What matters is that once the friend is found, you remain true in soul to this friend. You must be able to promise yourself something and to remain true to what you have promised. What I will be able to give you will always be only half of what is needed. It will be what you need as a foundation. You yourselves must bring the other half. The loyalty to what you promise to yourself and others is the firm staff and support in life. Close quote from Lair's page 18. Steiner quote, What is living as spirit in anthroposophy is not a doctrine. It is much more a real being that leads one through life. What you want is to found a community that has something of such a friendly guidance through life. We experience such things when we accept the concrete spiritual as expanded or spread over the whole of life. Close quote. From Lair's page 18. Steiner quote again. Your community will have something in it that is of the primordial mystery of all human community. That is, what we ourselves do within the community does not bear fruit for ourselves, but for the others, and all the fruits for us come from the others. Close quote, uh, Lairs, page 18. To Rudolf Steiner's question of what we imagine concretely, the goal of the anthroposophical youth striving to be, a friend answered that one should find in all the offices in the world such friendly faces as she found on a visit to Der Kommendatak the coming day in Stuttgart. Rudolf Steiner then answered, quote, That is not what matters, but something else does. Social life up to now is like a mechanism, and it is not our task to set all the cranks and levers of the existing mechanism in motion with smiling faces. 
Rather, the goal must be to replace this mechanism with an organism. With this, what you want to do can be nothing other than the growing of a delicate little plant. Think of the dead aspects of modern social life as large stones and of the little plant between these stones. What is dead has, so to speak, a much more tenacious hold in life than the living because it cannot die. At most it can be ground up, and the stones will be ground up, and then you must take care that the little plant is not ground up along with the stones. Close quote from Lairs, page 21. Steiner quote again. The souls of modern human beings come as a result of the general development on the boundary between the intellectuality and the spirit. For you, it is as it is with a fish. When a fish comes to the surface of the water, jumps out of the water, and feels the air, it reacts with the impulse to dive back down, especially deep into the water. So, too, in the coming time will people who accidentally come to the boundary of the intellect have the desire to dive quite deeply into the intellectual. In relation to this, it will be your task to penetrate through the intellectuality to supra-intellectuality, through clarity to supra-clarity. Close quote. Lairs, page 22. As concerns the possibility of expanding the community in the future, he said, quote, become seekers of human beings. Close quote. Bre- parentheses, we felt this statement to be a modern metamorphosis of the words of Christ to the disciples, become fishers of men. In the age of the development of personal freedom, fish- fishing is replaced with seeking. Close parenthesis from Lairs, page 22. In view of the earlier membership of one of the participants in the Zionist youth movement, in whose report of her experiences she was, he was visibly interested, he said to us all, quote, You do not want to found something as small as Zionism. Close quote from Lairs, page 22. Steiner quote, There are two spiritual streams that run parallel to each other. The one is open, revealed, and the other is hidden, unrevealed. Generally, people know only the first one. The hidden one, the one that actually brings things about, must never fail or dry up. To this end, there must come together from time to time groups of human beings who work further in it. You want to place yourself in this stream through your community. Close quote. Lairs, page 22. When people come and ask a spiritual researcher for a meditation in common, and when their really earnest will leads them to this, then a greater force can arise to accomplish something in the world than an oh-so-great statesman could achieve. Close quote. Uh, Readers aside, there's a slight confusion there. I believe that's a continuing quote of Steiner. Sorry about that. And that's from Lair's page 22 as well. Here, Steiner quote, So much at the present time appears to go so smoothly because it proceeds mechanically. However, the operation of the machine runs beyond the heads of the human beings, beyond their understanding. It is becoming an ever more gigantic force that runs on its own, and human beings can no longer stop it with their existing forces. People can be equal to this force 
only through a striving that makes an effort to carry spirit right into the most outer consequences of actions. When we bring spirit and love into our will, this alone will make it possible to stand against being overpowered by the culture machine. Too few people today develop real initiative. There is much desire, but too little will. Close quote from Lair's page 22. Quote, you must differentiate between prayer and meditation. The ordinary prayer today serves mostly to satisfy one's own self. The true meditation, however, is a fulfilling of the spiritual will that the time spirit bears within himself. Where such a meditation is practiced, a spiritual force is able to work into earthly happenings. Today, spiritual worlds want to work into earthly events, but they can do this only when space is made for it through human meditation. There occurs something like an empty space in the physical field into which the spiritual beings can enter with their effects. Even when much is destroyed physically, and even though it appears that little is achieved outwardly, what is accomplished in such a spiritual way remains. This retains its worth for the future. Quote, Lairs, page 23. Quote, now the time has come when materialism has so hardened the bodies that the individuality cannot incarnate sufficiently. Many people walk around today with one part of their being beside them, like a companion that cannot reside in the body. This part remains hidden behind the sense world. It is necessary to penetrate through to this part, and meditation is a means for this. Close quote, Lairs, page 23. A friend expressed the opinion that our goal should be to be able to speak about tables and chairs just as spiritually as we otherwise speak of the hierarchies. To this he said, quote, No, rather you should give yourselves the task to learn to speak of the hierarchies just as naturally as you otherwise speak of tables and chairs. Close quote, Lairs, page 24. A friend asked whether our community was meant to build an organ of the body that must be prepared for the being of anthroposophy in order for it to be able to be effective on earth. He answered, quote, certainly, but not for an incarnation, rather for an incorporation. This being can come only as far as an incorporation in earth existence. An incarnation will be possible only under other conditions than the earth conditions. Close quote, Lairs, page 25. To the question about experiences in common among the members of the community, he said, quote, Yes, you want to become a conscious group soul. Close quote, Lairs, page 25. With regard to the effect of such meditation done in common, he said, quote, Assume that you are a group of ten, and that each of you brings forth the power of two. Then the total effect is not two times ten, but two to the tenth power. In other words, the increase of power takes place not according to the law of multiplication, but to that of potentization. Close quote, Lairs, page 26. Readers aside, in this uh, quote of this quote, we had one earlier, after two times ten, the other quote said two to the tenth power, but this one says two hundred and ten, which now is you know, different from the other one. So I don't know if it's a typo, it should be 2 to the 10th, or if it really should be 
210. End of readers aside. Concerning the necessary matter of our mutual behavior, he said, quote, Individually, you will come to have very different cultural tasks from one another. Not all of you will have to work toward the outside to the same degree. Some will stand more in the forefront and others more in the background according to destiny and talent. Each of you must have joy for the success of the others. Every feeling of rivalry must be kept far away. In the consciousness of each of you must live the awareness that what you accomplish, you accomplish through the power of all of the others. Close quote. There is page 26. Quote, to join together through a mutual promise to strive toward a common spiritual goal and thereby to leave one another mutually free in action and judgment, a community founded on this is something new in the evolution of humanity and today it is what is most needed. Close quote, Lairs, page 26. Quote, for someone who comes to specific experiences on the esoteric path, the danger of illusions of grandeur arises easily. A community such as yours can be a protection against this. This is because in the community you strive together to cross the threshold of the spiritual world. And there, each of you has to say that you have the efforts of all of the others to thank for what you have achieved personally. Close quote. After giving the text for the meditations, he said, quote, Now you must divide your life into two parts. The one part takes place in your meditations, the other takes place in outer life. In the first you draw in the spirit, and then in the other the spirit flows of itself into life. For this it is necessary that you stand fully in this outer life. Close quote, Lairs, page 26. Quote, on this path that you have resolved to take, human beings become more sensitive than previously to the aramonic effects in the world. Thus you will have more to suffer through than other people do, and thereby you will have to take care that you do not succumb to the temptation to flee from this experience by using the same means through which you attained this sensitivity in the first place. Close quote. Parenthesis. We thought this meant that we should take care not to use meditation as a protective haven. Close parenthesis. Letters, page 22. Quote, In the physical realm today, the aramonic power is so strong that no single human eye, capital, is equal to it. Therefore, no human eye can guarantee, where a physical deed is concerned, that it can really execute its resolve. The arena in which you have intended to work and fulfill deeds is one to which Araman has no access. Therefore, the fulfillment of what you have resolved to do depends solely upon you. You have the first opportunity to enact deeds in freedom and the first opportunity to practice loyalty and devotion. Close quote, Lairs, page 27. Here is added a statement we received from Rudolf Steiner at a meeting a few days after the burning of the first Gertianum. Parenthesis, more details of this gathering are to be found in the special report titled Aus der Anfangzeit unseres Kreises, close quote, from the beginnings of our group. In connection with his request that we always again think about the original impulse of the group, Rudolf Steiner said, quote, you must understand that you have resolved to sacrifice freedom for the sake of a higher freedom, 
Close quote. End of that section. Number four, Notes from Memory by Herbert Hahn. From a photocopy of a memorandum signed and dated by Herbert Hahn in 1963. Letterhead C. Brumberg Hansen. In unknown handwriting, told by Herbert Hahn to this friend who wrote it down at the same time. Notes from Memory for October 16, 1922. Among other things, Rudolf Steiner spoke about being young and growing old. He said, for instance, quote, It is unavoidable that you will one day get gray hair here and a wrinkle there, as the physical body shall and must become old. But keep in mind that there is no reason for the soul to grow old. For every gray hair that appears and for every wrinkle that imprints itself, the soul can add a fresh, young something. Only then does aging proceed the way it is willed by the spirit. In connection with this, he said that we should again and again enliven the impulse that led us to founding a community so that it lives as it did on the first day. He said, quote, You see, in the day-to-day world, the old adage, new brooms sweep well, holds true. It means that the bristles of the broom gradually wear, even though in the beginning they were ever so good. That must not be the case with you. Your broom must receive new bristles every day. Quote. Another time he spoke of enthusiasm and said that true enthusiasm is very rare. For real enthusiasm does not consist of our being fired up in ourselves and for ourselves. Only then is the enthusiasm real and strong when the flame in us burns so strongly that others can be inwardly enkindled by it. This is what, according to my memory, he meant with the words, quote, develop the grips, slang for ability to understand, close quote. At first we understood him to mean this word in the trivial sense of intelligence or smartness but then he gave the above as explanation. In connection with the modern intellectual culture, he told us that it is not just a few people who see the one-sidedness and dangers of this culture today. However, the tendency arises to set aside the head and to immerse themselves in the feel-good, non-rational regions of feeling and the depths of the dark will. In order to experience themselves fully as human being, they choose the path from the head downward. He said we should become conscious of the dangers and illusions that are connected with this downward path. It is a wrong way, which fully contradicts what the time spirit wants. Rudolf Steiner stressed that it was not for nothing that the head has acquired clarity in relation to all one-sidedness. This clarity must not be lost but must be taken along on the spiritual path intended by the time spirit. And indeed, it must be taken along on the path from the head upward beyond the head. On this path, what is beyond the rational is achieved through supra-clarity. This is the path that wants to be taken by a Michaelic thinking. About meditation and meditating, Rudolf Steiner said, among other things, quote, The meditations are indicated for specific day situations or times of day. And when circumstances allow, they should be done at definite specific times. Yet one member of the community that is forming will do the first meditation as the morning meditation, and another will do the last one. 
But most, both meditations, indeed all the morning meditations of the community, approach one another, belong to one another. It happens such that the meditation that is done first is written into the ether. All the rest that then follow crystallize around the first. In a certain sense, a virtual time applies to the meditations. This virtual time is the result of the situation and allows the last of these morning meditations, which out of unforeseen circumstances is perhaps done late, still to be a morning meditation. Rudolf Steiner said something very decisive that was a summoning to obligation concerning the task and effect of the meditations. While on the one side they are for the individual and the community, an organ of higher spiritual development, they also serve on the other side, the whole earth. He explained that the moral forces of the earth today are so threatened with corruption, ruination, that this meditative activity has an immensely significant healing effect for the earth. This is especially true when, as happens in a spiritual community, the meditative forces potentize in their effect. In this connection, Rudolf Steiner also mentioned the Christian community that was starting. It is to be thanked as a helper in this service for the preservation of the moral forces of the earth. This indication of the significance of the Christian community has ever more meaning because Rudolf Steiner stressed in another place that the Christian community is an independent movement at the founding of which he played only a mediating role about the effect of the meditation in the community that was coming into being, he said, among other things, quote, with the appropriate spiritual attitude there will result, in connection with the spiritual substance built through meditation, a relationship of every individual to the whole. This relationship will form in such a manner that at given times and for specific tasks, everything that the community has attained will concentrate itself on an individual. The individual will then, to a certain extent, be blessed for his or her task with the entire spiritual substance of the community. When the others who belong to the community correctly understand what is happening, they do not become envious, but look with justified feelings of mutual joy upon how, at this moment, everything is given to the one individual and vice versa. This individual will not ascribe the success to his or her own virtues or talents. The individual will be aware that he or she works and has effect essentially through what others have given. And this will summon modesty and gratitude. As the conversations for the founding of the community became still more concentrated, Rudolf Steiner said one day that we should see how the meditative activity, in the sense of the new esotericism now arising, has a specific connection with a time phenomenon known only to the initiate. Then he characterized this time phenomenon as follows, Today there are only a few people who are well incarnated, who are really in their body. Human bodies have become more and more difficult to fully incarnate into. Close quote. He went on to say that when we do this community meditation, it will bring about a deeper connection of the core of our being with our sheaths. 
This can, however, because it is the birth process, be connected with feelings of suffering and pain. He said, word for word, quote, For a time, an unexplainable melancholy can overwhelm one or the other of you. Close quote. He stressed that we should not shrink back from this melancholy. We should understand it for what it is, the shadow of an incarnation process that we are catching up on. A danger can arise for those who do not recognize this darkening of the soul for what it is. This danger will exhibit itself in the sudden arising of the tendency to want to make oneself numb. And it will not be a matter of numbing oneself in a trivial sense, but rather a clever, refined numbing, such as through exaggerated busyness and similar things. Rudolf Steiner said all of this with especially great earnestness. One had the impression of looking at great dangers that are coming toward us out of a time that is striding on into one-sidedness. As he gave us the meditations in an unforgettable spirit mood, a description of this mood follows, and spoke about the meditations, he said something deeply stimulating. These meditations, when used correctly, could become something like windows into the spiritual world. The words and pictures given form only half of what is to be entrusted to us. The other half we were to find ourselves through spiritual activity. In the moment in which the meditations were given, the following took place. While Rudolf Steiner had the violet-colored notebook that contained the meditations either in his hand or lying before him, he said, quote, You can consider this thusly, that I was given the charge to bring this to you. Close quote. For the writer of these lines, this was the highest impression that he ever received of the person of Rudolf Steiner. More and more he was allowed to experience how the supra-sensible world revealed its full power in the work and appearance of Rudolf Steiner himself, as a high spiritual individuality. In this moment of the giving of the meditations, however, as if through a bolt of lightning, a spiritual background which one can only divine, behind the bearer of the modern initiation was torn open. In this experience, there was an indescribable spirit aroma that remains connected with these meditations forever. Among the many presentations Rudolf Steiner gave concerning our being in modern culture and the world civilization, one very earnest appeal rises up as special in my memory. Rudolf Steiner warned us not to build up our initiatives and activities, which are directed toward great goals, on forms that exist in the outer world and are created out of routine. He said that these forms had grown old and brittle. They cannot be saved from perishing. We must see that we achieve a new basis and ground upon which we can move, borne by the Spirit. This comment, like all of the others he made, in connection with the foundation of the community, was brought into a very large perspective. The largest perspective that opened up may well have been, as he said, in view of the future of the community, quote, When this is founded, then you can think of it as determined for a wide-reaching working. It could, for instance, be the case that at the given at a given time, none of the members of the community are living on earth. In the ordinary sense, the community would count as having died out. Yet it will not be wiped out. 
With the first community members who reincarnate, the community returns to earth. Close quote. The final comment given answers in a totally satisfying manner a question that was often asked by those joining the community later. The question was whether the esoteric youth group were not to be considered dissolved by the Christmas conference. Aside from the fact that Rudolf Steiner again confirmed and gave the call to the community through a new essential meeting during the Christmas conference, what was said above removes any doubt. The indication of the carrying of the community impulse through the incarnations speaks for itself. More precise is the idea that the founding of the Esoteric Youth Group community in October 1922 may be considered to be one of the preparatory steps for the Christmas Conference of 1923. And still more certain is that this community is given an inner obligation for the carrying through of the great impulse of the Christmas Conference. Herbert Hahn, Copenhagen, Charlottenlund, August 12th to the 14th, 1963, and that is the end of section 9 of the reading from pages 364 to 404, and there is one more section.